Why are police photographing our license plate? What are we doing for veterans returning home damaged physically and mentally, suffering from depression, homelessness, and suicide? Why did the Supreme Court deposit corporate money into our electoral process? Should we redefine middle class as working poor? Or is it just another Wall Street merger? What's really behind new voter picture ID laws in certain states? Why aren't NBC, ABC, CBS, and Fox asking these questions? Welcome to the Reasonable Voice radio show. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice. The mission of the Reasonable Voice is to connect the dots between politics and finance, the need for better and more affordable education, our humanity, world peace, and, of course, the arts, which we then gladly provide our listeners, the voting public, as informative food for thought to provoke their self-determination and appetite for equal economic opportunity and justice for all without truth decay. The Reasonable Voices are advocates prioritizing education, preserving our history, leading by example for a peaceful and prosperous world by evoking and embracing both creative artists and political unity as solutions to our challenges. Welcome to the Reasonable Voices talk radio news program. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, and I am today... Happy to introduce and welcome to our show the reasonable voice of Celia O. She is the star of the film In a New York Minute, something I'm very familiar with in a New York Minute, being a New Yorker myself. But we want to mention right away that uh, In a New York Minute will have its world premiere at the 2019 Newport Beach Film Festival on Sunday, April 28th at 2019. We'll be mentioning that again from time to time. It will follow up with a Los Angeles premiere at the Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival. In a New York Minute, we follow three female strangers who accidentally discover that the solution to their problems seem to be tied to one single test. We may or may not reveal that during this conversation with its star, Celia O. Oh. But uh, let's welcome Celia to the show. Celia, how are you today? I am great. How's everyone doing today? <laughs> it's grand, and it's so good to have this opportunity to talk with you. As I told you before we came on air, I have had an opportunity to watch the film in a New York minute two or three times, and I've been, well, I, I, there's no other way of putting it. I've been touched by it. And, oh, um, I'm yeah. so glad you love it. Exactly. Uh, I just hope that this film can touch other people as well. It, it, exactly. And uh, and perhaps I'm a, a member of the demographic that is as far removed from the characters as can be. Which uh, So I've always believed that if, if humans could just realize that in no matter where you're from, your culture, your sexual orientation, your 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 color, your whatever, your politics, if there are real basics in life that unite us because we all go through them. And I think um, the characters of uh, Amy and Angel and Nina are going through the same things that I go through, and yet they they come from very different places. So enough of me. Let's let's talk about. Um, I'm going to give you an easy question right off the bat because it, I it really hit me just as a curiosity. What is fa? It's a Vietnamese term for uh, beef noodles, basically the pho noodles that we will eat in any Vietnamese restaurant. It's a rice noodle with thin slices of meat. Usually it's like raw meat and then it'll cook in the soup. Oh. And it has onions, cilantro, it's, it's like a comfort food. I see. And how do you spell it? Do you know? P-H-O. Okay. With an apostrophe at the top of the O. That's right. Okay, well, that's what my wife told me, but I wanted to get it from you. Okay, <laughs> so the movie, uh, in a New York minute, is based on a Chinese short story, and it's it's a slice-of-life movie, I think that's safe to say, that looks at relationships yeah. that are highlighted by its Asian and Asian-American-led cast. How's that? So let's... Yeah. Yeah. So tell us, Celia, do you, as your character, Nina... Nina Wong, mm-hmm. do you, or as as the actor Celia O, oh, 
Do you have any insights for us or advice uh, that you care to share regarding how relationships can absorb a person's individual identity or so much that in time we can lose sight of who we are? Well, it's all about, like, we're all the same, right? It's, it's the circumstances of life that's presented to us. Yes. Um, it doesn't matter. Like, I, I think, for me at least, Celia, seeing the film, it's three different people from very different walks of life in different class. Mm-hmm. The only commonality that they have is that they're Asian. And, and their struggle's different. But either, like, even though it's just the way how you present being positive and an outlook of life and, and having a goal that you want to reach, mm-hmm. it will break down all the barriers. Yes. And uh, I think it doesn't, it translates through, like, all ethnicity, all colors, all races. It doesn't matter who you are. Everyone ha- will have the same struggle. Like, for example, like, for Nina's story, she's an immigrant with a stepmom, right? Uh, she was her dad brought her in from China and and because he married a new woman and she's trying to survive and find her own identity. Meanwhile, she has a stepmom there that's trying to hinder everything. Mm-hmm. She doesn't get the education that she wanted because the focus is on her half-brother. And it's just not an Asian story. Like, I can I can test you, like, there's many, like, almost an adoptee who'll be like, oh, I don't feel like I have the full love from my parents because I'm only I only belong to my dad, sort of, not mm-hmm. to my my stepmom. And finding your own way and trying to succeed on your own. Nina find her own ways in making money, which one can question if it's a right or wrong way, but it's her way of finding an outlet mm-hmm. to her life mm-hmm. and trying to succeed. So that was the purpose of this film in a New York minute. Well, you got me, because that's exactly what I was trying to say at the top of the show. This film, as movies tend to do, the arts tend to do, I believe, show us our commonality. And it really does reach out and say, look, just because I look different from you, just because I live in a different place or was born in a different place from you, doesn't mean I'm not going through the same day-to-day challenges and struggles, and we're all doing the best we can. So give me a break. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. Like, it's so, it's like, especially in our current climate, it's everyone's trying to find the differences. Like, oh, us attacking this person, this is okay. And like, there's none of that. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, we're a human race. Mm-hmm. We have the struggle. We need food to survive. You know, we need, you know, we need a roof over our heads. We need a purpose. And, we're all trying to do good, and and I think if we can all look in in a positive way and, and stop looking like the differences, life would be way better, which we are all trying to one way or another. Exactly. We're all doing the best we can, and, and Amy and Angel and Nina in a, a New York Minute each have their own separate journeys, their individual journeys, arcs of the play, as you say, but they really are traveling the same road that is that same ultimately they're going to end up with the same kinds of challenges and the same kinds of choices or or should i say not so much the same kinds of choices necessarily but the challenges that demand choices and that's where our individuality of course comes in too so i'm going to ask you something because there's a, a beautiful moments as i said i was quite moved but one that really sticks out is the both the contrast of the audition to the reality of similar dialogue, if you will. But we do that. And as, as an actor, I, I'm talking to an actor, you know, we, we do borrow from our script history sometimes because the best scripts are a revelation, an example, an evolution of what's going on in, in real life. So I ask you, with that in mind, both your character and you, do you mm-hmm. believe life demands that we choose between love or freedom, that they are mutually exclusive? Um, as a, I can talk for only Cecilia right now, but mm-hmm. I think, like, you can have both. Why not? Like, yes. both love and freedom. And it's just how you perceive it, right? Um, if you keep on letting labels stop you, keep on letting the circumstances stop you then yes you're gonna you're gonna you'll find a burden around it and be like okay i can choose one or the other only Mm. 
But if you can find a way to play it and even it out, if there's an even ground, right? You, in life, there's no extreme one thing or the other. Anything you eat too much, it will be unhealthy at a certain point as well, right? Mm-hmm. Even drinking water can be bad for you. So it, I see it like that. Like, if you find the right balance, you can have both. Why not? It's, it's not like we're, if my love is hurting someone, if my freedom is hurting someone, like, physically or damaging a society, then yes, that's bad. I don't think any of that makes it's relevant to a person's uh, a person's like love life or their freedom, mm. and it's just you finding the balance of it and how can you support yourself and not hurt anyone around you but have that freedom and that love. And I think the women in a New York minute also are dealing with the ramifications of their choices on a daily basis, and the, the film captures their courage when you decide something needs to change and you are and then and and then that change has its challenges what do you think yes totally well every change doesn't matter in in storytelling or in life but especially on films like we want to highlight the moment that's the biggest changes right yes that makes what's entertaining for uh for viewers to to watch the film but in, in life, like every little thing we do, every decision we make, there's also challenges that comes across or there's repercussion or whatever it is that will come along the way and you'll have to deal with it at the point, right? No one can ever tell you, like, your life is going to be a smooth sail. You're going to go, you know, you're going to live throughout your life with no problem, no, nothing at all. Mm. And that's, I don't think that's true. And it's actually these, it's these little things, these barriers, these, um, these walls that people put in front of us that we have to break down is what makes us stronger. Mm-hmm. Yes. And speaking of being made stronger, as in a New York Minute, its cast, its director, its crew are proving to us the extra layers of challenges to women in film, particularly perhaps women of color, to immigrants who come to to America to pursue their love and their talents and a career and what they want to do with their lives. Let's give us some examples of how these characters and these issues as immigrants, as, as women of color, in a male-dominated still, uh, despite the advances, filmmaking world. How, how, do you, how do you, again, as filmmakers, all of you, the, the crew, the cast, the director, writer, how do you how do you see that you've done that? Because I always think the best thing about film is that it first entertains us, but the close second is that it educates us. Your thoughts? I agree. Actually, I had um, I had a saying for a long time. I was like, one of the reasons, uh, a little bit about my history is like, um, I actually went to school thinking I want to be in politics, mm-hmm. thinking to change the world. And, and for me, a politician before actually, it's kind of like a superhero, right? A, a real-life superhero that can help the needy mm. and expose crime and, you know, make the world a better place. But as I'm, like, studying in school, I realize there's a lot to that, and I can't really... It, it's not up to one person. It's up to a group of person, and it's not that easy to persuade uh-huh. a large group of people to think the way I do in the, in the realm of politics. But in media, yes, it seems like a lot more easier for people to take in. It's a movie. It's just a movie. But then I love it when you watch a movie and it, it, it keeps your brain going and you're thinking about these issues and then you're doing some research about it and you're looking things up. Like the, the perfect example I have, even though this is a thriller horror film, is I watched Us recently. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you saw me, but I watched Us and and there's little nuances and stuff that I didn't understand in the film, so I went home and I started Googling, doing research about it, and I've learned, oh, I didn't know in 1986 there was the, the, the chain, the human chain across America to help, you know, with poverty, starvation, and all that. And I'm like, whoa, I did not know about that. But a film like even a horror film can bring up a political issue and people can know about it and research yes. about it and understand more about it. Yes. And I thought that's amazing. And I hope, like, that's why I love, like, when film makes you think. Like, our film, I feel like, after all, it can prove to you we're not that much different from everyone else. Like, we have the same struggle. We have the same barriers. We have the same issues of trying to find our freedom, trying to find a way to express ourselves, trying to find love. Yes. And uh, I just hope that, like, 
the audience will watch it and it's like, oh, wow, yeah, we can totally relate. It doesn't matter who you are. We all have the same issues. And our filmmakers, we're lucky to have, we made a film with a female director, writer, DP, our wardrobe stylist, the head of wardrobe, she's female, our line producer is a female, our, our set designer is a female, and it's just this big female crew and can tell people, we can make a film. Yes. And we can make a film that works and that, that you as, as male will be like, I understand the story as well. And like, great, you know, we this is like we need to break these bear down like layers and layers at a time and now we're like showing people we can do it we yes. can make it we're not so different from everyone else exactly you've got my vote because as I said I've watched it two or three times I wept I, I mean I enjoyed it as a Aww. as a filmmaker but I but I also enjoyed it as a human being and I enjoyed it as a man so in the arts and particularly in film I believe when we show that we have so much in common, we're all on the same struggle. And as you say, we're looking for love, we're looking for happiness. We don't have to yeah. sacrifice either. What do you say? Yeah, I agree. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman or however you identify, we're always looking for the same thing. Yes, right? That's right. We're looking for love, we're looking for like uh, comfort in life and yes. like, you know, and I, I, I think or I hope to think that everyone's looking towards peace. Yes. And everyone's looking for a purpose, whether they know it or not. They, we want to feel we have a purpose. We can make a contribution. And if we could just see that in each other. And... I agree. Funny enough, I, went, I was in India earlier this year for a film. And they were saying that we met a, uh, a monk. He was like, why worry so much? He's like, this is the problem of modern day civilization and life. Mm-hmm. We're worrying about something we can't change. Yes. Then we're worrying about something in the future that we don't know what the outcome would be yet. So he's like, why are you guys worrying so much? It would just make you guys sad and make you guys um, depressed. And he's mm. like, why don't you worry about the present? What can we do in this moment to make a change? Absolutely. Don't look in the past. Don't look in the future. Look right now. Right like, now. What's real in this moment right now? Well, that's beautifully put, and I can feel from you, both in the film as you play your character, and also as we, we talk today, that you are you, you feel that strongly, and that is a beautiful thing. You're going to see this in the film in a New York minute. And again, to remind you, its world premiere is at the 2019 Newport Beach Film Festival on Sunday, April 28th, of course, 2019. And it will follow up with a Los Angeles premiere at the Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival. We are talking with its star today, Celia O. Oh, and when we come back, we're going to talk more about her life, about the film, and also learn more from her about the first-time film writer-director. I won't even try the first name, but Lee, I believe, is the last name. And Celia will help us out in our next segment. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now, another film rental discovery. Welcome to the Indie Film Minute. Corporate Hollywood would never trust the very young with their multi-million dollar budgets. Young people make their films in the indie world. And so it is here that we find accurate, insightful depictions of what we ourselves felt way back when. In All the Real Girls, David Gordon Green weaves magic as he brings us into the intensity of young love. Paul, Paul Schneider, has been the town cad. He has sullied many a girl for sport, but now has fallen in love with Noelle, Zoe Deschanel, the younger sister of his best friend, Tip. Tip knows Paul's history all too well and is horrified that his sister would be treated in the same way he and Paul had dealt with others. Somehow there is a difference for the real girls. There is a cautionary truth depicted in the way these hormonally raging young men treat the available girls. But All the Real Girls is a beautifully rendered film with an extraordinary cast whose truths serve to remind, inform, and warn, not titillate. The older we get, the more we forget the heightened feelings of our youth, the callous relationship adventures, the intensity of first love. This rich and classic indie film is a charming and bittersweet reminder. Indie Film Minute. Not in theaters. Discovery through rental. 
Welcome back to the Reasonable Voices the Talk News Radio program. My guest again today is Celia O. Oh. She's the star of the film In a New York Minute, and the film In a New York Minute will have its world premiere at the 2019 Newport Beach Film Festival on Sunday, April 28th. 2019. It will also follow up that with a Los Angeles premiere at the Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival. The reason she and I are having such a great conversation is that this film so relates to lives, ours and and everyone's, that it makes us, Celia and I, connect the dots to things. Does that remind you of anything? Oh, you were just talking about how, like, situations in life, right, we all encounter the same thing it doesn't matter if you man woman you know whatever however you identified as we're coming towards the same goal right mm-hmm. we want we want love we want like, a purpose in life i think you put it the best way a purpose yes. in life and peace yes and everyone has the same goal but we have let these differences create barriers walls and stuff for us to break down i think like we all step away kind of looking into this one idea is like we're not all so different after all exactly. we all want the same thing exactly we need food to survive we need a sh- like you know a roof over our head so and th- we want to be happy in the end of the day yes and you were mentioning that you you wrote a film about depression and how how people were, were yeah, yeah. I, I, I wrote a film about like depression like different characters getting depressed and I have some feedback of people like, oh my God, but who wanna who wants to watch a film about people being sad all the time mm. and depressed? I'm like, well, I just want people to go to know that it's okay to be depressed and it's okay to talk about being depressed so then people can find help. Mm-hmm. It's the worst when you when you feel something and you can't talk about it or no one would acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. And that's what drives people to, I would say, to a dead end. And uh-huh. that's when they think that no one understands them. That if people are willing to open up and talk about things and and to like honestly just talk about your feelings, talk it out, and and have people understand you, I think everyone will live a little bit happier and feel like there's more support in life. Yes, you know we mentioned also in the last segment that this is a a heavily female dominated production crew, cast, director, writer. Tell us something about um, that working atmosphere, but specifically the first time writer, director, and you can pronounce her name for me so I won't in- insult her. Well, you can call her just Mandy. She goes by Mandy. Mandy, okay. Easy. Mandy Lee yeah, I can Mandy. handle. <laughs> well, tell us about working with her and this almost all-female crew and cast. She's wonderful. Um... Her being a first-time feature director and writing her first feature, I, I feel like there's a lot of depth in her. There's a lot that she wants to tell, and there's a lot more she could tell. Mm. She's very sensitive to everyone, making sure everyone's okay, trying to find her vision. And Mago, who's our um, director of photography, she is amazing in helping Mandy find her voice mm-hmm. in images mm-hmm. and colors. And, you know, like, uh, I'm not sure if you guys can notice, but every segment has a different style of camera movement. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Just to show, like, you know, every walk of life, everyone's perspective is different. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, that was, and I think... I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, yeah. as a director, that, that was subtly done, but as a reason to go back and see it two and three times. That's what I did, because I wanted to go, wait a minute, because I, I was... It's the director, of course, in film, it's, it's easier for the director to direct our attention because of mm-hmm. the very medium. But but this was done subtly, and yet it was so clear that it makes you see each of these female characters. There are three Asian, young Asian female characters, but their lives, even though they're going through the same struggles and challenges and different for different things in different ways, it was a, a, a stroke of genius, I felt, to, uh, to adjust the use of the camera for each character of their scenes is that correct yeah i yeah. think um that's why i think it's one of the like really smart thing that mandy mm-hmm. and mago came up with together our our cinematographer her name is mago lynn mm-hmm. they're very similar it's mandy lee and mago lynn um <laughs> that she finds a voice for yes. each character she was like hey the walks of life is different right mm-hmm. um the first character uh she's more composed she's she's a bit older 
So, you know, her view in life is a little different. So the camera movement would be more steady. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one, she's, she's, uh, she's a bit younger than the first character. Like everyone has like a bit of an age difference. And, mm-hmm. and she found the steady, like the steadiness to life and like the comfort level of life. But now she's looking for more. So there's, you can see the camera movements a bit different. Um, like the second part, I'm not even sure if this is a giveaway. But anyway, the first part's on on a lot of tripod. The second part is a lot on Steadicam. Mm-hmm. And their part where Nika's story comes in, it's it's more handheld. So there's more a bit of more like a chaos mm-hmm. and like kind of grittiness to it. I don't think that's giving away too much. I think that's a that's a good teaser. That's a, a good invitation. There are a lot of reasons to see this movie and the use of the camera and the choices the director and the cinematographer have made are certainly among those reasons. So there you are. <laughs> yeah, and I don't, I personally just think, that, I didn't think that it was too much of a difference that it would shock the audience. Like, no. oh, this is different. But uh-huh. it's kind of like a like a smooth transition through each one. It's little, like, subtle nuances. Yes, and, and that's what I love. I love that about it because you don't necessarily become aware of it right away or even in the first view. So go back and see it again. Mm-hmm. That's what I said, but you will. <laughs> you know what I mean? Really, it comes to you because it's like you're sitting there. Well, again, I'm a director, so maybe I do this, but I think audiences, even if they don't analyze, they are moved by, they are impressed by without having to necessarily identify. Does that make sense? Yeah, subconsciously, yeah. our yeah. human brain can process it, you know? Yes. You're like, oh, this is a little different, this is a little different, but yeah. we might not be able to put in words why it's different. Yes, but we're still moved, and that's the point. <laughs> you know, I know we've talked about this um, love of uh, freedom. Are they mutually exclusive? And I loved your answer to that. But I wonder also, and and I have dealt with this throughout my career, is there a mutual exclusivity between personal happiness and professional achievement. I'll confess that many times in my life, in my career, that I've had one or the other. One excelled more than the other. I have spent a lot of time trying to make them balance. <laughs> or be in oh, balance. What do you think? What it's about hard, you? Right? Yeah. Especially in our industry, we are we're validated by the jobs we book, right? Yes, the, yes. And it's hard and it's it doesn't matter if, like, all my friends, it doesn't matter if I'm t- like, talking to someone that's successful or not. They all have this problem. They feel yes. great when they have a job. Yes. Once the job is over, and they're like, oh, man, <laughs> what am I doing now? Like, yes. the, constant, the constant feeling of unemployment uh-huh. <laughs> is part of our industry. But I think in, in that it's also, like, um, a view of how you're looking at it. I have to tell, I have to say, like, I'm not the best at it. I'll be at a certain point like, what the heck, guys? Like, <laughs> like, why am I not working? Like, am I not good enough? And then you're constantly doubting yourself. But instead of that, sometimes you can just be like, what can I do to improve myself? Learn something new. Do something. Keep yourself busy. Mm. Why? And then it's your personal happiness. And when you feel confident, it would also it would, it would also come through camera, whatever, your auditions, yes. whatever. The, well, you can see when someone walk into a room and you're like, oh my God, they're confident. That, that, that's cool. I like that person, you know? Yes, yes. And, and you know, and I, I think not everyone gets to, to have a career that makes them happy, that fulfills them. But I think if you're like us, if you are uh, successful in film and theater and television, and that's your calling or any calling that you have, when you get to do it, you can't be depressed in between the times you're not doing it, but as you say, prepare for the next one. We're always we're always yeah. training. But I mean, when you even, are, I'm saying, even though as I'm saying this, I know there will be times where I'm like, oh my god, what's going on? What's wrong with me? But you try, you gotta just try your best to keep yourself out of that kind of yes loop, right? Of of like self pitying yourself, be like, oh, what's wrong? What am I doing wrong? Like, oh my god, people don't like me. I suck. It's, it's hard. And then, like, you say balance of, like, you know, personal life. Mm-hmm. Do you just find joy in personal life? Like, like honestly, some like, I'm, I'm not married or anything, but sometimes I see my best friends, all they need, they're like, they see their kids, their heart melts. Mm. And anything that's hard from work the day of goes away once they, they're home. They're, like, their little baby's like, Mommy or Daddy! <laughs> and then everyone has their own kind of, like, 
happiness, right? Again, yes. and kind of it is all about happiness, like when they find their happiness and where they find it from. Uh-huh. And sometimes it's it's personal life more than like you know um, career. And yeah. for us right now, like for me, it's I, I have my career, and whenever I see my family, my mom, my my brother happy, I'm like, oh, cool, everyone's happy. I like this, you mm-hmm. know. Yes, I wonder. Speaking now, of Nina Wong, the character you play in a New York Minute. I wonder one of the life lessons I think that comes with this film in a New York Minute is that if you wait too long to make the choices that are good for you, the moment may be snatched away. And so that's one lesson I think, and I want you to speak to that. But also the other lesson is that it never it, it is never late. It's always going to be a risk. It always requires some leap of faith, regardless of where you find yourself professionally, personally, psychologically, financially. What are your thoughts? I think that it's always, it takes a leap of faith. It's never too late. Yeah. I'll always say, never say never, and it's never too late. Mm-hmm. Um, it, when people are afraid to take the leap of faith, it's, that's when they are, that's when people regret. Yes. Like, I regret, I didn't do it, I regret, didn't do it. I'm like, Joe, just take that leap of faith, you never know. I'm talking about, oh, like, if, like, if the leap of faith is like you hurting someone, don't do it. But <laughs> Yes, exactly. It's like, if it's a leap of faith in, like, helping like, your career or, or, you know, taking a leap of faith in, like, finding your happiness, oh. go for it. Why not? Yes. If you're not hurt. Like, my biggest thing is, like, in, there's morals that we must have as humans, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as long as we're not damaging someone, hurting someone, hurting a society, hurting some, uh, you know, spreading negativity, do it. Why not? If, if it's on yourself, it's, it's, it's just, you need that little push go for it mm-hmm. you never know and never and it's it's worse when you look back and like oh man I should have done that yes you know here's one since I haven't stumped you so far <laughs> what I, I I thought about this what what are the choices in the film in a New York minute uh, the characters and people in general make to have loving relationships. We've talked about how uh, not to lose yourself in in the relationship, but at the same time, take a leap of faith for that love and that happiness, and it requires some sacrifice. But my question, I think, is, um, are the antagonists, okay, uh, for these three ladies in, in a New York minute, Amy, Angel, and you, Nina, are the antagonists for them the rules of society? Or are the antagonists for them the choices they make trying to obey the rules? Hmm, that's a hard one. I think about this. I I think it's more like how society views them, and they also each of them have an outlet to yes. where they can go as well, right? They're yes. they're both all three characters in the in a split road. They can stay to what they know. I mean, I can't contest for other characters. Like, you can ask them what they, uh, I can talk about Nina, right? For Nina, like, does she stick with just doing this over and over and over again and not finding a way out, really? Mm. But now there's an idea presented to her. Will she take the leap of faith and do that and and live a better life? Yes. Well, like, when you compare, I mean, it's basically, if you take a step back, it's a very clear choice to the audience. Yes. And like this happens all the time. It's a very clear choice to your friends, to everyone on the outside. When you're doing it, then yes. you're like, oh, which one is the right one? Exactly. It's easy to sit in the dark, too, and watch characters struggle and think that, oh, we wouldn't have done that. But, you know, life mm-hmm. <laughs> life is different. We're, we're all... Sure. Yes, we're, we all yeah. can relate to the, the women in in a New York Minute. And by the way, we've been talking because it is a definitely a female-dominated and oriented film. However, there are men in this, and they're not stereotypes, they're not stick figures. These men have depth, and they are very much involved in the emotional uh, relationship and the emotional characters of the film, as well as the characters. So tell us a bit about the, the three major men, anyway. Um, the three major men is, 
played by uh, for Amy Story, played by Jay Shin. He's um, the guy that I love, like that's trying to woo her, and then kind of probably like one sided. One side, he loves her one sided yeah. for, for sure <laughs> <laughs> for a long time, and then they deal with their situation when they finally get together together as a couple, and then they overcome their they have their obstacles. Uh, obstacles. Yes. and then the second one uh, played by Ludi Lin. And he is—he's a, a, a like you say, a free guy. He doesn't want any responsibility, and that also leads them into an obstacle of being responsible and being owning up to himself as a man and doing what a man needs to do. Uh. And uh, the last one is played by Roger Ye, who plays my boyfriend in it, and and he, he in his own right is finding his own outlet, freedom, and. In life, and he on his split road, and he he wants Nina to go with him. Yes, and that leap of faith. Yes, exactly. He's the one who's already he's already leaped over to the other side. He's like, come on, yes. do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely the perfect way to put it. And of course, we should mention your half brother and those that challenging relationship. There's a lot of subplot going on there. Yes, um, Nick Tom, who plays my half brother. I mean, like, it doesn't matter if it's, like, I guess, I was actually laughing because I feel like almost like a bit of Cinderella story in there mm-hmm. with me and uh, and her brother. It's just, there's always the favorite, right? And yes. now my brother's favorite, and he's spoiled. And <laughs> I don't think Nina, I don't think, I don't think Nina hates her brother. She loves him as well, but because of the differences that, uh, separate them like the, him being loved more and being reminded of it constantly mm. she's not being like oh I hate you because you love more she's just trying to find her own way out but her her stepbrother still thinks he's um, uh, entitled to everything yes. well he's encouraged to believe that by your stepmother so but, I, yeah Stepmom. That's, That's right. Really <laughs> <laughs> There's so much in this, and you know, it it it, it isn't that it is a, a repetition of what we've seen before. It's just that life is out there making the same challenges again. We as we said, wherever you live, wherever you were born, whatever sex you are, whatever your politics, life is still making the same challenges to all of us. Whatever your income. And I yeah. think that's where the familiarity comes. But what I find beautiful about this is that this film, you know, I don't want to discount my uh, male directing friends and uh, filmmakers, but but there is a feminine touch in this that is a different point of view. And that's what it is. And it's one we don't see enough of. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I, 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 I can see that we're... As a society, as a, the entertainment industry as a whole, there's there's more stories being told in a female perspective, and I love it because there's you know you can see different walks of life. Yes, yes. Uh, even though we say like you know like how it doesn't matter your sex, gender, race, everyone goes through kind of the same struggle. Yes. Just in a different environment and placed differently. Yes. But seeing a, a male perspective on it and a female perspective is it, completely different because, like, what do you? They said like females are by nature more uh, nurturing. Yes. They would deal with that problem a little differently than how a male would, would be more like they they're more technical and like everything's a calculation and they can they can see steps and they'll figure out that way. <laughs> and it, it's funny they like men is more of a problem solver. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I mean, I personally think I'm a uh, problem solver, too. And I'm a female. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you can do this and this and this and this and this will go away. And they're like, but no. Like, some of my friends are like, no, you got to take a step back and look at it in a different perspective. Because, okay, for you to achieve that, are you going to hurt someone? Or is someone going to feel betrayed? You know, you think about little steps like that. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's different. Like, you know. And definitely females are more nurturing in that sense. They mm. care about, I don't, I can't say that like male doesn't care, but like people's feelings and everything would be more, and it's an instinct that they will account to first. Yes. 
And and the I thing- mean, it could be throughout the storyline, like how even like the way that they're talking to everyone, they they're trying to use their best way not to cause conflict and still get to what they want to do. Mm. Well, it's definitely told from the female point of view, but uh, I'm re- remembering a dear departed friend uh, who often would not go to see movies if he thought it was about women. He'd call them chick flicks. First of all, this isn't a chick flick. And second, uh, what if it was? <laughs> you know what I mean? But it is uh, okay. men are... We tre- also enjoy chick flicks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, I love it when like, guys are like, no, I don't watch chick flicks. And meanwhile, they're at home watching the same film. You're like, you just don't want people to know about it. Yes. Admit it. It's okay. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. But it is a film that talks to us, speaks to us on on so many levels that are very positive and educational and entertaining and emotional and psychological, all of that. It speaks to us from a point of view that we just don't see enough of. And I, for one, welcome this because the film in which our guest today, Celia Oh, is a star playing Nina Wong. And the film is In a New York Minute. It's world premiere at the 2019 Newport Beach Film Festival on Sunday, April 28th this year. And it will follow up with a Los Angeles premiere at the Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival. We've been having a tremendous conversation with Celia O. Celia, take us out. Any website? How can we find out more about the film? And give us websites and how we can get tickets and things like that. But also, and Facebook, you know, social media. But also, after you do that, take us out on what you want us to get from this movie. Great. Okay, cool. So you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. It's a In the New York Minute film on Instagram and Facebook at In the New York Minute film. And uh, we have links to the website, to the film festival, and, and the way to purchase ticket there. I hope you guys love the film. Most of the cast is going to be at the premiere, so we will be there to chat with you guys if you have any questions. I want you guys to take away from this is that, hey, we all share the same walk of life. Mm. We're not so different after all. And life is the same. doesn't matter who you are. We are it. We experience the same struggle, same barriers, same walls are put in front of us. Just, it's like a game. Like They put you in different surroundings. It's the same thing. You have to figure your way out. I, I want people to know that like, don't give up. Take a leap of faith, and you never know what's going to happen. There you are. Can't end on a better note than that. Thank you so much, Celia O, the star of the film In a New York Minute, about to make its world premiere on April 28th at 2019 Newport Beach Film Festival. Thank you so much, Celia O, for being on the show. It's been an absolute professional and personal delight. I really appreciate all you've had to say today and you and your performance. How's that? Thank you so much. I mean... Thank you for watching the film multiple times. Yes. I mean, I appreciate that. I, and and it touches me that it touched you. Okay, then. We'll leave it at that. All the best to you and everyone associated with In a New York Minute. Thanks again. All the best. Bye now. Thank you. Bye. And now, another film rental discovery. Welcome to the Andy Film Minute. Great pleasure may be found in light-hearted treatments of fundamental questions like, How can I find happiness? Hector and the Search for Happiness explores some possibilities. Hector is a dissatisfied psychologist whose daily routines follow deeply worn ruts. Unhappily meeting the same clients with the same problems week after week, he returns home each day to a life without commitment. Having lost faith in rote answers, he decides to break free from the tedium and search the world seeking the secrets that lead to happiness. The result is a delightful worldwide road trip. In China, he befriends a wealthy businessman who offers him antidotes for unhappiness. Not exactly the answer sought, but the result is big, if ephemeral, fun. And a big hangover, both mental and physical. In Africa, he catches up with an old friend who provides medical care to the poor, meets a notorious international drug dealer, and finds himself kidnapped by militarized bandits. All the while, Hector journals possible solutions to the big question. Where might one find happiness? Some don't hold up, but others 
Maybe, just maybe, the Holy Grail of happiness isn't a destination at all, but simply a worthy pursuit savored along the way. Hector and the Search for Happiness. Not in theaters. Discovery through Rento. Hello, I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, thanking you for joining us and becoming one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. Oranges, Trump, and Origins of Green New Deal. Our new colorful 116th house, with its female twist of fate, reflects the wisdom of voters refusing to throw America's pearls before swine willing to flagrantly discard human decency, including to those from any of the three Mexican countries. But Americans need to get serious because Trump and his administration are less joke and more dangerous threat to our nation, our planet, and our children. The Cure, 2020 election, and a new New Deal that snatches love thy neighbor as thyself from the jaws of this inhumanity to humankind. Usually, live and let live has nurtured our ability to learn, adapt, and indeed transform ourselves and the lives of others. However, that which has always dwelt among us, albeit in the deep darkness of fear that breeds envy and hate, has been exposed by a new kind of dawn's early light that blinds many to our increasing polluted water, weather extremes, and a level of insensitivity to nature's food chain that is suicidal. Nonetheless, that so many are listening to a 29-year-old female freshman congresswoman from New York who isn't afraid of either scientific truth or saying socialism bespeaks as much about our American potential as it does hers and confirms our everlasting trust in the ingenuity and genius of every hue, politics, and true vision we hold as self-evident. Sadly, however, our ward, Earth, is in disarray and disrepair, stressed in part by the lies we tell ourselves. For the real con is that with which we trump our curiosity, creativity, and compassion. It isn't so much that the inmates have taken over the asylum, but that America's promise to be a home of the brave asylum for the huddled masses yearning to breathe free has been conned out of Lincoln's Some of the People You Can Fool All of the Time. American presidents who were great statesmen can be counted on one hand, good ones on two, and despite GOP canonization of Reagan, perfect ones zip. Nonetheless, on Election Day, presidents are what both voting and non-voting Americans hope for or fear most, which brings us back down to an earth going down at the hands of confidence artists dealing out so many stillborn pledges, good people are being turned into clones dismantling the very thing they seemingly crave most, America's prestige. As for impeaching our stonewalling-in-chief, careful what you wish for, because the apathy of the devil we know is better than the devil waiting in the wings, believing he is the foreplay before second coming ecstasy. If neither stymied nor delayed, rippling climate effects will rob quality of life from deniers, corporatism's defenders, coal ash providers, and praying grandmothers alike. Because unlike Republican senators, Earth's changing climate will indiscriminately embrace everyone, regardless of bank balances or sexual and political proclivities. Perhaps it's time to passionately pursue a life of excellence, reining in the rains that diminished life on Earth, and as advisors, mentor and nurture those who now must stop stubborn gray-haired men who continually Mitch McConnell the renewal of the American spirit that has now, against all GOP obstruction, produced an energized, forward-looking generation. In future elections, let's rekindle that famous Franklin Delano Roosevelt smile that shepherded America's greatest generation through depression and world war, and being brave in a land of the free, win Russian free elections. When we courageously grasp the torch passed to a new generation by a president who arguably saved humanity and earth, we become the next human chapter of profiles and courage, compassionately driven to save the world for all of God's children.
by simply accepting responsibility for not living our Gettysburg Address, fulfilling our Statue of Liberty promise, and failing to do the one thing the universe asks of us, to look after the earth as good shepherds. We can elect to replace our current morally bankrupt bullying White House cheat and his team of national security risks. Self-preservation and the power of faith in education will yield wisdom that will touch the world, even if the greed of Wall Street lobbyists and conservative fears impede our saving the earth. If we fail to listen to our collective reason-based conscience, now reawakened by the Green New Deal resolution inspired by the Commonwealth of Virginia and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, it will become increasingly difficult to find enough clean water to throw at buried-in-the-sand faces. Denying health insurance and pharmaceutical companies are pulling their trumped Congress puppet strings, Americans cannot heal. But when ignorance defeats Earth's health care, humankind cannot survive. In our age of consequences, that so many are focused on a renewed Roosevelt-like vision, perhaps we will discover the power in always listen to the children, finally realizing they are our American dream's best way home. Thank you, and join us. Become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. Thank you for continuing to listen to, support, and share the Reasonable Voice Blog Talk Radio with family and friends, especially online. We enjoy hearing from you, and in response, yes, we are now accepting new company and business advertisers and welcoming organizations seeking to be one of our sponsors. So please do continue to email us at thereasonablevoice at gmail.com. However, if you prefer to simply make a donation, your donations are greatly appreciated and can be made through PayPal by clicking on the donate button found at the top of the homepage of the Reasonable Voice. Website. Thank you for joining us today to make every day as reasonable as possible. We hope you will download and share our downloadable podcasts. I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, hoping you will become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world.